This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105 Through the Fan. We're on YouTube, the Twitch, and the text. The people have spoken. They would like to talk about Dan Quinn and Micah, except for this person from the 214. They would like to talk about this. Did you know when you buy a house, the roof is free? Not if it's not. That's not true. Because it's on the house. That's not true. I hate this joke. <laughs> it's not my, it's not my what if the joke. roof is bad? Then some and the, the, the owner's like, I don't want to fix it. You have to deal with it. Then it's you still free. That's not free. You're you, paying to get the, the fixed roof. You're, the yeah, roof yeah, you're, is, you're now you're paying house. for the roof. I get what you're doing here, Kevin. That was saw, ye- that was yesterday when you could do those. So, jokes. are you saying if the roof's on fire, your house is okay? Because the roof's on fire, but your house isn't. I'm not totally sure he got <laughs> the joke. Because it's just on the house. We'll yeah, it's not. We'll, it's not we'll yeah, you're not saying it's part of the house. We'll, it's an extra. No, that's not really. Isn't really the point of any of that. We're we'll not, circle back around. We're to not that. trading Micah. From the 940, let's trade Micah. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry has never been we creative in his life as a general manager with stuff like that. We did that segment a couple weeks ago, too. All right, let's go to cut number 14 because Micah, has it been like two and a half weeks after the game ended? Yes. He did his podcast, cut number 14. I'm just going to let Micah say what he's got to say. I'm at complete peace. You know, yeah, and, and I say that because – I don't think I could have done anything more to try to uh, win that game. And, and that comes to watching film with the other guys in the room, saying what I'm seeing, being vocal out there on the field. Um, I was completely at peace because I know I don't have no regrets about how I performed or what I put into the game. Y'all have problems with this. I do, but... From the 940, they bring up a very key point. Oh. Have you seen the price of a chimney? It's through the roof. Bikes, don't shake your head like you that. You guys. And most of them do have to go through the roof. You guys, guys are bringing it matters the where heat the today. Chimney, I like at. it. What are we doing right so, now? I'll say this. You can take this all sorts of ways. But part of it is... Is he saying that they're that much better than the, than than him and then the Cowboys? Like, literally, I know he's just talking about himself. So you could say he's throwing the other 10 guys on the team under the bus because they right. gave up a zillion points. And literally, they would have given up. If they would have played 60 minutes as hard as they could have, Green Bay would have scored 60 points in yeah. that game or more. So what he's kind of saying is, I'm at peace. We watched the film. I did everything I can do. Does that mean everybody else was messing up? Or you guys did the best you could, prepared the best you could. Literally, Green Bay is a 60-point team against us and against our talent that we have. Yeah, and he pointed out that like it takes a lot more than one person to lose a game. I, I was just fascinated by his, I'm at peace. Just because I would think as ferocious of a competitor as he is. He'd be ticked off and all that. Especially because later on, like, go to cut 15. These two statements don't line up for me with, I'm at peace about the way I played and cut 15. You know, it's sad, man, that you lose the way you do, especially at home. 
talking about how much we played at home, uh, how much it stood for us to be at home and to go out like that at home was completely embarrassing and unacceptable. So, you know, I couldn't even look at that loss or feel any type of way because of how embarrassed I felt. I felt the utmost, you know, just – I don't say it, it took me a while to even be able to show my face in the public. I, like, disappeared, like, completely. I feel I do feel like the first one he was talking about the prep work to go into it. I don't okay. know, maybe I'm reading into this a little too much. And this one he's like, Yeah, our defense and myself, we were non existent in this game. Yeah, I I just I would think that is contradictory statements. Yeah, even if you felt like you played your best, I'd be like, I'm pissed off still because we lost. That's why yeah. it took so long. And he did kind of say that. He's like, It took this it was long embarrassing. because I just didn't want to show my face out in the world. I know it's completely different because a pitcher is out on the island by himself. But if you give up 10 runs in two innings and say, I'm at peace, I did everything I could, then you're like, crap. Like, that's the best you got. And you're saying, like, that's the best you got. Now, I get that is a, a very tough one to compare because a football player is not just a one-on-one matchup and that is it. So I I get what he's saying. I, I don't want to pick on him too much, but it doesn't sound like great leadership right now. And that's why if you want to call this picking on him, I guess, but I'm actually going to say at least part of the blame goes elsewhere. If somebody texted in, sorry, we're getting a lot of, there we go. From the 915, Mike is adapting to the culture. That's my concern. And another person said, bro, the lo- a lion is never at peace. That's my concern. And that's what we talked about, I don't know, like a year ago. Yeah. Maybe two years ago. Is Micah is this ferocious, competitive dude. What happens when you do that every single day and they're like, oh, hey, good job. It doesn't really matter the ultimate outcome. Like, as long as you're, you know, doing your best most of the time, like, that's good enough. Like, some of these outcomes don't matter because that's what the Cowboys seem to have fostered to a certain extent. And somebody brought up when Romo's like, oh, this is the worst thing that ever happens to me. I'm sure that happens plenty of places. But, man, it feels more prevalent here with the Cowboys where the message inside that building sometimes feels like, hey, you did good enough, and that's good enough for me. Yeah. And I hope he didn't fall victim to that. Yeah, that is something. I mean, I do specifically remember Mike saying at some point it's going to happen. The the yep. Cowboys organization just it does it to you. It's like going it's like going into a Vegas casino and just kind of getting lost in everything that it is. You just eventually become part of the fabric of it. To to this point, Demarcus Ware, Hall of Famer, right? Made the Hall of yeah. Fame. Great career for Dallas and did his thing in Denver and won the Super Bowl there. I'll always remember this from him, and he's not going to take shots at Jerry Jones. DeMarcus Ware is a class act guy, and he's part of the Cowboys family forever because of what he was able to accomplish here, accomplish the ultimate goal in Denver. I remember when he went to Denver, and he was almost like, wow, I didn't know I didn't know football teams ran like this. Yeah. Right? He, he was part of the circus here. And so when you're only here, like – Micah Parsons has no clue what it's like to be a Kansas City Chief or to be a San Francisco 49er. Or Or a Raven. Right. So he thinks that – so if you've never left here, you can hear from your buddies, but you really don't know. You're just thinking, well, I'm on the Cowboys, America's team, the most covered team, all of these things. And then you go to a team really – aspirations are – they're focused. The general manager's focus, the coaches. Every focus is on winning – the only way we get famous, the only way we really get paid, the only way we keep our jobs is winning. 
And then it's like, wow, okay. So, I mean, just remember DeMarcus Ware kind of letting us know that first year in Denver. Oh, I didn't know that this is the focus and energy and everything that you had to have to really be a champion. Yeah, and and you can either accept that it is what it is whenever you get into this thing, and you can be like, look, man, as long as I, this is the Michael Irvin thing, right? As long as I'm collecting my paycheck, as long as I'm keeping the star okay, not getting in trouble off the field, I'm good. Like, I, and maybe even if I do get in trouble off the field, I'll be fine. But those things, like that's, I'll be, I'll be okay with that. But the the problem is, I thought he was a culture changer. Yeah. I thought he was the kind of character that could show up and and I know when we watched him in practice, Kevin, out in Oxnard, and I know Mike was there every day watching with a very a watchful eye. He he was beating every tackle that he was up against. He was destroying them. And he tells us, or he tells the media, look, I'm doing that because I'm trying to make them better. Yeah. And you're like, awesome. But then... Some of the other things that have come along the way, you're like, well, that's not great leadership. And that's what you need from him is this, you're the culture changer. You set the tone for the whole thing. Corey, remember when we were at training camp a few years ago, Kevin couldn't go because Jess might be having Noah at the time. Yes. And you remember how lackadaisical and almost walk-through-ish he was uh, in I the do. linebacker drills? It was something I noticed that I was like, hey, uh, That was after on? one year, right? What's going yeah, on here? Yeah, this was year. his second year in the NFL, and we were just like, he's so bored with this and isn't even engaging in it. But then- then the live practice would happen. All right, turn on the music. Now we're going to go to live snaps, and he would dominate. Yeah. And I guess this is – people are bringing this up. I'm just going to – Corey, do you think that that is an issue that that he ignores the linebacker drills or drills in general going, look, I'm so good, just snap the ball and let's go. I don't want to do any of the extra stuff. So I do a little bit. When we talked to Jabril Cox about that and other linebackers, all of them are like, dude, we hate hitting the pad. We'd rather do anything else. I do feel like Ray Lewis would say, no missed reps, no no half-assing reps. Like that, when I, we talk about the Ravens, don't you feel like there's a culture that was instilled in the Ravens by Ozzie Newsome uh, years yeah. ago and the guys like Ed Reed and the guys like Ray Lewis, they carried that on. Now, again, right, Kevin, let's take Ray Lewis's off-field stuff. I got it. But on in practice in that facility, it was, you know, once you walk through the doors, that it's about work. And it's about, be, be, you know, taking the, the the team to a next level. And I don't I don't know. I didn't see Ray Lewis in practice. But I presume that whenever I watch the, the Patriot way, the, the way that they did things, man, they're running that hill. Everybody hated that hill but it helped them be better in the fourth quarter. Those things you don't let people slide on. And that's where I'm hoping I'm, that Mike is like, you know what? I do have to take a look inside. How can I make now? How can I take it to the next level? And when he's calling out the front office in this, Kevin, cut 12. Can we listen to that one real yeah. quick? Let's, cut, let's listen to cut 12 here. You really see how much people care about the game of football and the culture and, and uh the people you want around you when you say you want to build a Super Bowl championship team. And the truth about it, you know, and it sucks. And, you know, you know, sitting, sitting here, you know, they're talking about we're going all in this year, man. That's what I would hope for. You know, I'm 24 years old. I've been in this league, you know, three years, and i kind of seen it all. And uh, I hope that we go all in. I hope that we go out and get the players that we're missing because we didn't do that this year. You know, I hope that. We challenge ourselves to become better and become greater for us. 
I do feel like Kevin, there was probably part of him during the season that's looking around going, what? Why haven't we added somebody here? Not just, I know everybody's like, well, I mean, the off season last year was great. Middle of the season, they realized they still sucked at defensive tackle and did, and we're like, ah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll, we'll get Hank back soon. And then they were like, hey, Leighton Van Der Esch is gone. We'll throw some linebackers in there. We'll be okay. And Mike, is, he's probably sitting around going, why? We're not the best team. We don't even have the best defense now. There's a couple of interesting things there. First of all, he's seen it all already, which is really neat. But what I would say is he's right. You would think the Cowboys would go all in, be 100%. I'm all about that. And I would just say, but I think you should ask every player this. It's not just Micah. But I would look at him and go, all right, are you 100%? Are you all in? Are you going to show up to media days? Are you going to show up to all the practices? Are you going to, like, because that's 100%. Yes, that does have, that absolutely has to be called out too. And so that's, By somebody in that building. Yes, that that's all that, that's all that I would bring up is you want 100% for sure. Just make sure you're giving me 100% at all times. He doesn't seem like the person that's going to tiptoe around things a lot of times with with people whenever they're face-to-face, and they shouldn't feel like they have to tiptoe around him. If he is going to do say that, then he has to do it too. But he has to be the guy. Again, this goes back to Dak is the leader, right? Dak's the guy everybody always talks about his intangible leadership, and that fails. But, you know, we do give him credit for standing up there and talking about his failures and everything. And then saying, I'm going to go back to work. Well, do, not not just talk. Mike has got to do the same thing, too. Because I do believe his style of play and the passion that he has for the game, there's a different level that he can take this to. But he's got to be the one, somebody in there. But they can't be looking around going, who's going to who's gonna take this culture to a new place? Once, Otherwise, it's yeah. the Jerry Jones culture, and it's about flash and life. Yeah, and I just, it's it's not good. And I get where he's coming from. I get where he's coming from, but it's not good when you give up 48 points. And I know one of them was a pick six, and one of them they had the ball on the 19-yard line. But they didn't stop them from scoring a touchdown either. They could have held it to a field goal. When literally Green Bay did everything they wanted, as easy as they did, and you say, all right, it's two weeks later, guys. I've gone over the film. I was perfect. There's nothing else I could have done. And... So you're either blaming the other 10 guys on your team. You're either taking all responsibility off of yourself and you've told everybody, I was perfect. I'm at peace. We watched the film. I did everything correctly. It was the 10 other guys who stunk or that's as good as we are in these situations. Good point right there. One or the other kind of I'm looking at. Now, I know I'm taking a little out of context. I know I'm not perfect on this one either, but you can look at that quote and go, wait a second. So literally... If the Mavericks lose, I know it's a different sport. If the Mavericks lose their first game to the Denver Nuggets in the first round by 36 points, and then Luca the next day at the press conference goes, I had a triple-double. I'm at peace. I did everything I could do. Wait, are you saying the other eight guys who played on your team are that bad? Yeah. Or are you saying this is as good as we are? Like, which one is it? Yeah, I decided to just quickly scroll through his Twitter, and I, I I understand Twitter is not always representative of real life, but when he said, like, that's why I had to go away for 17 days is one of the first tweets you see after the game is a response to Skip Bayless. Skip Bayless is a walking bit. Everybody knows that. I don't feel like you have to respond to him at all. And then, of course, he had to talk about, you know, what his brother said 
and then he sent out another tweet saying y'all just want to get a reaction out of me it's not going to happen and then last night once y'all realize the game of football takes all 48 players willing to put the team before themselves and focus on actually winning the narrative the game is dictated by one or three players is so overrated everyone's play is dictated on everyone doing their job so please shut the f up what is your take of that tweet because dev Kleiman tweeted something about he seemingly implies the blame should be on his teammates and then micah quote tweeted and said if that's what you took from that that's delusional if i wanted to blame a particular player i would say that I don't know. It just to me, he has, even though he's learned everything in three years in the NFL. That's Yeah, that is a frustrating line of that right there. Except a conference change. Yeah, he that has, is frustrating. He does have a lot to learn. Um, he's great. Spectacular Under. player. One of the best defensive players in Cowboys history. One of the best defensive players in the game today. But he does have a long way to go in his leadership qualities and inspiring a team. Now, on the Plus side, if you're looking for something positive to tie it back around to the beginning of this segment from the 469, I'm so good at construction puns, I'm really nailing it. We're the KNC Masterpiece. Remember, the roof is on fire. Right the here. house isn't. On 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, it's time for the combo platter. It's Texas Day. So give us a sports opinion. And then, what is the most Texas thing that you do or say? We'll do it next right here on The Fan. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105.3 The Fan. Right now, it's time for the combo platter, 877-881-1053. Give us a sports opinion, and then what is the most Texas thing you do or say? And yes, for people that are asking, I am also excited about the doink cams. So maybe we'll get into that here. Maybe it'll end up being at another time. But I yes, can throw it in C-Block. I, I can, am excited about We can break that. that down in C-Block for sure. You want me to start things yes, off? I would. I would like to start things off by saying I was wrong about Micah. At 24 years old, it's very difficult to be a Ray Lewis type character because it wasn't until Ray Lewis was 25 oh. that he was Super Bowl MVP and Defensive Player of the Year. So I was wrong. Micah has one more year to prove that he can instill the type of culture that the Ravens have in their defense despite any of the players and coaches that are around him. Look, man. He had Tom Billick. Actually, it was Brian Billick. But if you're going to talk story. your S, that's fine. Just be prepared to back it up if you get a response. Most Texas thing that I do is I do, I think I really like, I want local Texas products. I, when I go look for whiskeys, uh, like Milliman Green is fantastic. It's down in the hill country. Uh, whenever I'm looking at, like, I love TX whiskey. Uh, whenever it comes to, I love things that are made with pecans because the pecan oh. is the Texas pie tree. Absolutely, Mike. I love pecan stuff. And I'm not allergic to those nuts. You know, Kevin, I know we discuss nut allergies that all the time. True. And I'm not allergic to them, so I can. Uh, but we also had uh, a bunch of, we had three pecan trees in my backyard when I was growing up. Whoa. And we would collect them every year, and then we, we would deal with that. We'd also, I mean, it was in Oklahoma, but my my aunt and uncle owned a pecan farm up there, and I would work on that. But then I had pecan trees in the first house that I bought. I had two in my front yard, Kevin, to remind me of my son and my wife and how Fancy as they hell. were my foundation. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, Wasn't that an analogy about... Hey, you chill okay. out right now. Right. That was between you and me. Okay. Not for public air, Kevin. I didn't publicly air it. The, um... But I, I do seek out a lot of, like, local Texas-type stuff that I'm really interested in. So, I think that's the thing that I do is I try to make sure that I'm buying Texas-related things. I do okay. like this. There are a lot of things I love about this state, man. I mean, just there's a lot of things to really love because it's basically, as I've always said, Mike, Texas is just, America's just one big Texas. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. America's just one big oh, Texas. Oh, no. Yeah, there's bugs. a bunch. There's You can go west and find mountains-ish. And you can go east and find trees and rich soils. You know, you can go north and it's cold in the panhandle. And then you go south, there's a beach. So you got everything right here in Texas. America's just one big Texas. Okay. And it is pecan. It's not pecan. Don't do that. Oh, it's pecan. You already started up a controversy right there. <laughs> did you say pecontroversy? I did not. But do I, you want I, to now? I wish that I had. <laughs> But I did not. I really, I really do. Mike, you have a sports opinion. And then what is the most Texas thing that you do? Sports opinion. Didn't watch a second of the Mavs last night. I'm wondering if the Timberwolves are going to be a team that gets upset in the first round of the playoffs. Oh. And, and I'm not obviously basing it at all off of last night. Here's my opinion, and maybe he's overcoming this. To me, Cat is a great nickname for Carl Anthony Towns because when I think the pressure gets on him and you get really physical with him, he's more of a cat than a dog. And I'm wondering, Rudy Gobert has just, right, Utah was just like, dude, I don't know what happens to you, but we get to playoffs and we have to bench you and and things become difficult for some reason and we don't take advantage of your defense. Now, maybe Minnesota will figure that out this year. And Anthony Edwards, I do think, has a chance, not this year, but has a chance to be a future MVP of the NBA. Stop pissing off officials. It'll be and on I'm the just, right track. I'm wondering, I get how good their record is, they just seem like a team to me that's going to put up this awesome record in the regular season and with the wrong matchup, and I don't know if it's the Mavericks or not, but with the wrong matchup in the first round, I could see that team possibly getting beat in the first round. So I I love what Minnesota's doing. They are concentrating and focusing on the regular season. They're going to put up as many wins as possible to try to get the one or two seed, to put themselves in the best situation to succeed in the playoffs. At the same time, I keep thinking to myself, there's a lot of things that I like about them, but there's a lot of things that I could see Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns backing down from the pressure and going, look, I do not like this guy pushing on me and shoving me. I'm just going to hang around the three-point line. And then Rudy Gobert struggles to stay in the game, and Anthony Edwards maybe isn't ready to carry a team. And then all of a sudden, you're like, wow, I can't believe this team that won 60 games. And they probably won't win 60, probably high 50s is out. So... Last night, didn't watch, but I would think to myself, is Minnesota really an easy first round? Like, they're advancing to the second round. Like, I think Denver is going to easily advance to the second round. Uh, I just don't know if Minnesota will easily advance to the second round. What is the most Texas thing you do on Texas Day? Um, I don't know. deep in the heart of Texas? You don't know? <laughs> is that My most Texas, Texas thing... You drive I like, really fast. I <laughs> I like chili. Oh, chili man. is from Texas. 
Chili's great. Oh. Yeah. I believe San Antonio was the first uh, city to have chili. Or maybe it was the first place to put beans in chili. I remember reading the history of chili. What do you call soft drinks? Cokes. Yep. That's the most Texas thing That's, that you do. Is it really? Oh, yeah. That's I really a, talk a lot about Texas border thing? security. That's pretty Texan, right? <laughs> oh, my God. No, I just, I remember <laughs> when I went up and I was oh visiting my, my aunt and uncle in Chicago and she was like, uh, would you like a pop? And I was like, a what? Yeah. She goes, you know, like a pop. Like a soda pop. And I go, oh, yeah, I'll take a Coke. You thought she was trying to hit you? No. God, that would be so shocking. It's like a pop? What do you mean? And I was like, no, yeah, I'll take a Coke. And she goes, oh, I'm sorry, we don't have Coke. And I meant, no, like like a Sprite. Yeah, a Sprite. And yeah. so that's just, that is a fundamental regional difference I, right I know there. how you're not Texas before you get to your sports point is you don't think Bluebell tastes better than generic Kroger ice cream. Fact. I think that the difference is negligent. And I will tell you this, I knew Bluebell was just one of the most popular brands going when people got poisoned and then somebody died from eating their ice cream that was poisoned. But the second it could go back on the market, people are like, gotta have it. It could kill me. Who knows? But like, that's how you know you got a brand. I've made milkshakes the other day with... Gener- nothing against Kroger generic ice cream's fine. I'm not trying to take a shot at it, but I don't think it's of as quality of Bluebell ice cream. I made a milkshake the other day mm. for my kids, and they're like, it was good. We like it better when you make it with Bluebell ice cream. Oh, okay. So I think that's just, you know, shout out to Bluebell. From the 817 Sports Opinion, Josh Young and Haim both start in the All-Star game again in response to their top 10 <laughs> list snubs. God. And the most Texas thing I do is hating people from Houston. Oh, man. Is that a... That can't be a statewide thing, I would assume. People from Houston are like, no, I like... Them. You right. like C.J. Stroud, right? That's true. You like C.J. Stroud. You know, there was a time when I was Better younger, I would root for whatever Texas teams, you know, when I was younger, if... If the Cowboys lost, then I'd root for the Oilers. Mike Scott and Nolan Ryan leading the charge there. And then, I mean, obviously that changed when they got into our division. Like when the Ranger, when the Astros joined the division, that's when I was like, okay, all right, now. And the hate, the hatred, that that happened very fast. Well, not super fast. They had like 3,000 people at their games. They were horrible. (laughs) Like, I think, uh, wasn't like you, Darvish, like 10 and 0 with a one ERA against them? Because it was just like crazy like that. But then it did. It did elevate once Houston got good yeah. in 2015. It elevated. That was quickly. the Banny season. Is that because that's yes, when that's I think when it, they all came together and Cecil Cecil Prince Fielder is separating people. I'm like, dude, how strong is Cecil Fielder? He just has one Houston Astro in each arm, and they're not moving anymore. I love to put beans in my chili too. From the 817, the Dallas Stars will win the Stanley Cup this year. You heard it here first. They have improved in the betting odds. And the most Texas thing I do every time, no matter how many times I go, I go to Whataburger and literally rub my hands together and act like I'm going to have one of the best meals of my life. You are about to have one of the best meals of your life. Every time you go to Whataburger, it's right there. I've been using those coupons up. I want it. Yeah, for I won Peace-a-thon. the Peace-a-thon. So we've been, in fact, we gave our daughter 10 of them after nice. Christmas to take to uh, Austin at UT, and she's like, hey, do you have any more of those coupons? Oh. We gave you 10. You already used them. (laughs) Well, going forward, we might have a lot more of those. Who knows? From the 214, the Cowboys will fall short in the playoffs again next year and say the word fixin' for anything. Another person said they just leave the G 
off of words. I think I do that as well. Can I ask a, a question? I don't know if this is Texan or if this is just general country rules, but I do when I drive past people and it's like a one one lane situation. Flick them off. No, I don't. But I give them the one oh. finger, like on. I got both hands in the steering Horns wheel, up. and I'll give them the one finger, or maybe even the two finger wave. Do you ever do that, or you're just like, hey? See, how's it going? Yeah. And I do that a lot on, like, the country when, roads when I'm driving. When people let me, when I'm trying to merge in traffic and I merge in, I do the wave to you let still them do know that? thank you. I don't know if the people see it or not, but then I'm always like, I wish that person would have just waved that I let them in. <laughs> so that they know that I... They're like, hey, I get I, it. Like, I was, yeah. I let you in there. You're, I, yeah. I think that all the time. I'm not saying it would change the world as a whole, but I wonder if people would be nicer to each other. If when you opened a door, that person always said thank you and you said you're welcome. If somebody cut you off, you're like, oh, sorry about that. Or you let somebody in, they wave to you. I always wonder if like little things like that would make people chill out just a little bit. The 817 Rangers repeat, and the most Texan thing they do is use the word y'all. And that's from uh, Nasty Nate. I do that's have a question. Be it. I do, yes, we say y'all all the time, and it doesn't mean like it does, it makes it's natural. It doesn't feel when you hear a northerner come down here uh, and say y'all, they're like, "Oh my god, I just said y'all," and they seem so excited oh, about it. Oh, my cousins always be like, "Man, you you say y'all instead of you all," and yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, because More that's efficient. the proper way to say it." Yeah. The but how do you spell it? Y apostrophe A L L. Okay, I did that. I spelled out y'all once in a, like a email, and then I just made sure that I said, "By the way, I know I spelled y'all." You know what I really struggle with is when I want to say y'alls. Because then I'm like, do we go scorched earth and make Two it Y apostrophe A-L-L apostrophe S? Oh, my god! Like, is that, that feels like too much. Yeah, I feel like you need to throw a comma in there. And just, <laughs> I don't know, just feel, or a hyphen just to kind of re- rechange the whole word. That is wild. Two apostrophe. You can't two apostrophize something. No, that sounds like yeah. a word. Chris, do you have a sports opinion, and what is the most Texas thing that you do? And I guess my follow-up question is, are you from Texas? What's the backstory there? Oh, hell yeah. I mean, grew up grew up in Plano, mm. DFW bred and born, baby. Which Plano? Yeah, which Plano? Plano senior. There you go. Uh, All right, my nigga. The, the, the Panthers? No, that's the Wildcats. 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 Yeah. I knew they had his Plano. I knew they had a claw. Well, shout out Zach Bolchuk. But uh, yeah, my sports opinion is that the World Series champion Texas Rangers has have started a three year span with three different championship teams in DFW. Okay. Twenty twenty four Dallas Stars. It's time. Twenty twenty five Dallas Cowboys. Bang. <sighs> That's tough. Man, that other one is very I bold would, sports. Let's Homer. go back. Let's, let's go back. <laughs> I, I'm with you on the Stars one. I really hope that's, you're yeah, right about the Cowboys one. one. But let's just go. And you know what? You could always change your mind and just go back to the Rangers for the third one. That's a good option. But I but I, I, I would love – this place, this city would not know what to do with itself if, the, if that happened three years in a row, get a championship, and then the Cowboys cap it off with the third one. You know what's interesting for Chris is – and he didn't mention the Mavericks there. It's it's crazy after that 2019-20 season. I know there was the co it was COVID playoffs that we wouldn't be talking about in 2024. Like the Mavericks aren't a contender at all for a championship. And that is if you just go back to 2020, you're like, God, it's crazy that yeah. we yep. have now you're talking about the stars because they do have a chance. The Rangers just won the World Series. The Cowboys did go 12 and 5 and poop the bed again, but like, you just look at the Mavericks, and you're like, I can't realistically say they're close to competing for a championship. I agree. 
Sorry, the go ahead, Kevin. What's what's your most Texas thing? Because you did just say, "Oh hell yeah!" So well, that might I, be it. I hope we can all agree Stone here. Cold. If someone's going the speed limit in the left lane, you gotta honk at their ass. Okay, <laughs> that's a great point. Yes. Is that a mostly Texas thing, or do people feel like that all over? I'm I'm legitimately asking because I think you're gonna find a huge, huge amount of people. Who agree with you about? Yeah, yeah. You, 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 the left lane is not the speed limit lane. I'm sure yeah. that's the lane Mike was driving in when he was driving a tech that night. He was in the left lane going 100. I was in all the lanes. <laughs> because you view the other cars as impediments to what They're you're trying to way. get done, yeah. right? You're yeah. like, get out of my way. I need yeah. free road ahead of me. From, Sorry. From the uh, 817, y'all would have done it. Said in Texas, y'all'd have done it. Uh, and there are multiple apostrophes point. there. And then Kevin on the uh, on the Twitch, y'all is singular. All y'all is plural. So y'all's is that all y'all? That's a uh, that's pl- oh well, that's different than your possession. Yeah, My bad. I'm still thinking about not plural and possession. That's okay. Possessive plural. We're trying to, and I hope I get this name right. And Chris, you sent this over to me earlier. We talked about how the MLS shut down. The Jesus uh, Ferreira transfer because they didn't want to be doing business with Russia and everything like that. Well, FC Dallas is like the hell with it. We're going to spend that money anyway. So maybe they know it's still going to happen. Is they have picked up the most expensive player in club history. Croatian forward, Pitar Musa. He's 25 years old. They paid more than $9 million in transfer fees for him. So... They are putting that money to work. Also, another $3.2 million in performance incentives. I think soccer fans, along with when we get the World Cup final, are going to be hyped about that. And saying y'all is easily the most Texas thing that I do. And I feel like that's identifiable everywhere because people will be like, oh, do you work in oil? Do you ride a horse? They're like, not really. I mean, I can ride a horse, but I say y'all. And they're like, I knew you were from Texas. I recently emceed an event and did not have a cowboy hat on, and it was a honky-tonk event, and I was just like, well, I don't have my hat. So. Did you at least sing honky-tonk, but donk I did wear my boots, so does okay. that count? Like, I wore my cowboy boots that day. Um, I have boots. I just didn't have my hat with me or a, a pearl snap shirt, and I feel bad about that. I've, I wear pearl snap shirts every once in a while out. They're comfortable. I just don't feel man enough. To wear a cowboy hat. Okay. You, you have said that, that you have to commit to the cowboy hat. Like, you have to, you can't just occasionally wear a yeah. cowboy hat. Like, I don't want to, I mean, it's not like I'm working out in the country, but I, I just feel like when you wear a cowboy hat, you're really saying who you are. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like you can you can tell who the fake cowboy hat guys are. We have, you know what, since Mike has brought that up, every time I see somebody wearing a cowboy hat, like when we go out for stuff for shows and stuff, I ask them, I'm like, you wear that all the time? They're like, hell yeah, I do. And they show me their buckle. And then I'm like, oh man, you are, that's what Mike's talking about. You are living the life. You're not just faking. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan right now. It's time for some Mike Likes It. Okay, so I want to go to the Dallas Mavericks and the trade deadline. You won't believe this if you're not paying attention to the Mavs. It's seven days away. Yeah. So this is it. This is You have one week to make a trade, or this is your team. And I, I lean towards the Mavs aren't going to make a trade, and this is their team. They're going to finish in that 7-10 to 10 spot and be a play-in team and see if they can win one of those games to make the real playoffs and then get hammered in four or five games. 
I was looking at this article, and he's really intriguing to me. I'm going to tell you something. I loved this player out of college and loved him his first three or four years in the NBA. Almost bought a lot of his cards. And then he beat the living crap, it seemed like, out of a woman and got suspended from the NBA oh, last year. Yeah. And that is Miles Bridges. Bridges. Now, Miles Bridges has been brought up in trade rumors. So, Miles Bridges was a free agent and then had a domestic violence charge, and it was ugly. I mean, really bad. He didn't play last year. It was that bad. And so, his free agency went from he's a free agent to nobody touch him. Yeah. And so, they, uh, they've allowed him to come back into the league after doing classes and whatever they had him do. He's done it. And he's been cleared of the charges. He had three years of probation. And and and, and so, so I shouldn't say cleared of charges. Yeah. He didn't go to prison and anything like that. But he's able to play in the NBA. He's played in 35 games this year. And he is this, – I'm not talking about off the court, but he's a super physical wing player. Very strong. Very physical. A leaper. And he's put up good numbers in his career. Now, obviously, he didn't put up any numbers last year. But the year before, he averaged 20 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, and shot 49% from the field, 33% from three. So that's not the best three-point percentage. Yeah, he's not a great three-point This shooter. year, he's shooting 35.9%, taking 6.7 a game. So he's upped it by a, a field goal a game and shooting a little bit better. Uh, there, 46% from the field, so that's pretty good. He's averaging 21.1 points, 7.5 rebounds, and 3.1 assists from kind of a wing position. Yeah. Six foot seven, strong, 25 years old, about to be 26 here in March. Well, he only signed a one-year deal. He decided, I'm not going to try to negotiate a big contract with Charlotte. It's not the time or place, and they're probably not wanting to negotiate anything of what my market value would be with my domestic violence charge. So he signed a one-year deal, and from all indications, he doesn't want to be part of the Charlotte Hornets anymore. Like, he's he's not going to re-sign there. Now, I guess if he has no option, he can, but he's an unrestricted free agent. He has no restrictions this offseason. So indications are, at 10 and 36, a player that teams are interested in, I don't know how many, but it does say in SportsIllustrated.com that the Mavericks are one of the teams interested in Miles Bridges. Mm. I'm very interested in him if you get the clearance from a lot of people that he is rehabilitated. He will, because the next time he does it, he's out of the league. He, he's done for what he did. If he yeah. does it again, then then if you trade for him and sign him to a big contract, you're really screwed over by this. So this is a big risk. So I need to talk to Tom Izzo and see what he was like as an 18, 19 year old at Michigan State. I need to talk to a lot of people and find out, do we think, because at this point, the Mavericks are screwed. This this is like something that you could kind of steal in that maybe a lot of teams are like, hey, we just don't want to touch Miles Bridges. And at this point, the, the Mavericks are screwed. They're screwed with draft picks. They're screwed with assets. So maybe this is a guy that you could get where his value is a little bit down in the league, and all of a sudden you add a wing player at six foot seven, giving you twenty and seven. And I do believe better than what you wanted Grant Williams to be, right? That way, way, like they're not even comparable. That is true. I just don't know if this makes a difference. I thought just a few months ago, didn't he have like a violation of the protection order? Oh, I don't that know. That was this. put in place. 
I, I Googled him and woman. wanted to see a lot of things. I did not see any type of update on that. So you, if you can find yeah. that, help me out on that. If you can Google it and find it, that could be something where you're like, crap, he's off the books. The other okay. thing, too, is the Mavericks have had, obviously, in the last five years, a lot of of horrible things they've done to women. Yeah. I'm not saying player wise, but organizational wise, they have not been a good organization for sure with women. So that's another thing that the Mavericks have to look at probably internally and go, hey, is this going to be really not good for us what because of say? because yeah. of what what certain people have done in our organization? Yeah. The I mean, I know optics wise, it's, it's not it doesn't work. Maybe. And I know the Cuban go to is to be like, oh, no, we got Cynthia Marshall. How could we possibly? We have everything in place yeah. to ensure that he gets the help that he needs yeah. and, the, yeah. and the the support that he should have and to make sure that he continues to maintain. We have all those things in place for him. I definitely. And we'll do everything we can. So looking at this a little bit more, the position that he would be taking. And did, I'm, but hold on real quick. Okay, and Kevin, I don't mind them saying that as long as they follow through with that. That's very the, uh, like You can say that. Just follow through with uh, ensuring that. Now, that, that a lot of that also still does fall on the player to ensure he doesn't as well. Sorry, Mike. So, the position he'd be taking is Derek Jones Jr.'s spot. Now, let's just go over Derek Jones Jr.'s history. Two years in Phoenix, failure, get rid of him. Three years in Miami, failure, get rid of him. One year in Portland, failure, get rid of him. Two years in Chicago, failure, get rid of him. It looked like his career is completely over. Like, yeah. literally, the dude is averaging, like, about six points and two rebounds a game. The Mavs have been able to take Derek Jones Jr. after having – a, a bad career, to be honest, a bad career from 2016 to 2023. And they took a guy who hadn't been able to figure out how to play in the league. And he's okay. He fills a role. Yeah, he's, he's a role, he's a role player. Yeah. But if you look at this is his career year. Derek Jones Jr. is having the best year of his life. It's 10 points and 3.6 rebounds. You literally would be getting stronger, better defensively, more physical. And by the way, I will say Derek Jones Jr. jumps better than Miles Bridges. It ain't a whole bunch better. That's how athletic Miles Bridges is. He is a better jumper. I'm not questioning that, Derek Jones Jr. But literally, you would be adding that third guy. So when Kyrie's missing the 30-plus games a year that he's going to miss, we yeah. know that he's, he's going to miss 30 games a year. If you have Miles Bridges and he is a good teammate, good guy, which you have to make sure to investigate, there's a week left. I think he could really help. Now, let me give you the trade that works on the NBA trade checker, okay? He only makes $7.9 million this year, Miles Bridges. So you can't give give a lot of salary out here. But I would try to not do this with the first-round pick connected. Now, I might do a first-round pick swapped because I think I'm hoping to be better than Charlotte anyways. Sure. So we might not have to swap. But I would give them... Omax Prosper, so I'm giving them a first-round pick from this last draft that we can't use at all. I'm giving them Jaden Hardy, who I have to give them some talent here if I'm not giving them a draft pick. So that's my 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 kind of not proven talent, but a guy who's should be a junior in college who's looking like he can play in this league. And they have, at point guard, Ball's only played 22 games this year. Like, as good as LaMelo is, he has the the ball yeah. genetic of I can't play NBA I basketball because yeah. of – and then to make the money work, I can do either player, Seth Curry or Dwight Powell. Okay. Because both one of those players has to go in the deal to make the money work. 
So I put together the trade of Seth Curry, Omax Prosper, and Jaden Harder. I thought Seth Curry, because his dad calls the games there, it might be kind of fan favorite. You're not really you don't really care if it's Dwight Powell or Seth Curry, but for them they might care more about Curry. So I'm just wondering, I don't know if that would work for Charlotte, but if you know you're losing him, and let's just say 20 teams around the NBA are like, we're not touching him, and then we just got a new owner. Supposedly we have all this money in the world. That's what they said. Well, Miles Bridges is going to want probably $30 million a year, and he's worth it if he's on the court. It's the scary part of what he does off the court. Yeah. On the court, he's an easy 30 a year. And if you've made that decision to make a trade, you've already made that yes. decision that you feel comfortable with all of the stuff that comes along with. Can I ask a question real quick? Go. Uh, the the incident that we know the most about was a couple years ago, right? It was, it was in the offseason going into the 22-23 year. He was a free okay. agent. It looked like he was about to get maxed out. He was yeah. going to be close to a max player and then beat up a girl really bad. Okay, and then so the, the time he threw the billiard ball was in October last year. And that – so the allegation there is I believe him and his new girlfriend perpetrated this on the last – and they violated the protection order as well as all of that. Okay. So. But I don't he told rem- her he told Johnson that he would take everything from her and withhold child support through a billiard ball at her windshield and shattered it. In I just feel like I don't remember hearing as much about wow. that that you would have thought. I think it yeah, might have been playing one of those too. Things. Like, wouldn't you think they would continue yeah. a suspension? Yeah. Or something? I would. Yes, okay. I don't know much about that. This is scary. I understand this is scary, but this is a way to make your team a lot better. Now, you still need a big guy. You can't accomplish everything in the next seven days that this team needs. You need a better wing player because, let's face it, Derek Jones Jr. isn't the answer. If he wants to be your eighth guy or ninth guy on a team, I have no problem with Derek Jones Jr. coming off the bench for 10 to 15 minutes a night. But this team has to get way better at their wing positions, and they have to find another big guy. With Miles Bridges, it's scary, but you don't – if Miles Bridges had no issues – you're looking at giving up three first-round draft picks and good players. That's how good he yeah. is, but his issue is I'm not signing back with Charlotte, so they kind of want to get rid of him. And then what's his market because of his off-the-court issues? A lot of teams are probably out on him. And then teams probably don't want to pay him $30 million a year, but the Mavericks supposedly have all the money in the world now, so that wouldn't be an issue supposedly with the Dallas Mavericks' future. So – that would be a way to really improve this team if you believe that he can stay out of trouble. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. Coming up next, it's time for the C-Block starring Corey Majors. The final top 15 offensive players from NFL.com. And how many days do you think you could, make a, you could keep partying with a bullet in your head? Next on The Fan.